This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, August 13th, 2020. On this day in 1961, the first stretch of the Berlin Wall was erected with barbed wire. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the overnight division of Berlin by a wall of barbed wire, referred to as Barbed Wire Sunday. Now let's go back to midnight on August 13, 1961, to the dark stone streets of Soviet Berlin. Nineteen-year-old Konrad Schumann was tired, but he knew he was in for a long night. Conrad was a member of the East German Border Guard. He was one of nearly 20,000 soldiers and police officers on duty along Berlin's Bernauer Strasse. And Conrad knew that all of them would be working hard for the next several hours. The Bernauer Strasse was the wide street that served as a border between the two halves of the German city. One half of the city, the east, was controlled by the Soviet Union. The western half was governed by the Allies, France, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Now, at exactly midnight, dozens of trucks rolled through the streets of the Soviet side of Berlin, heading for Bernauer Strasse. Each truck was carrying a heavy load of barbed wire and concrete bricks. Meanwhile, at 12.01 a.m., Robert Lochner was woken up by a phone call. Robert was the director of a U.S.-sponsored radio station in West Berlin, and his night crew at the station just received a broadcast from the eastern side. The announcement said that all traffic between East and West Berlin was to be halted immediately and until further notice. Robert leapt out of bed, got dressed, and headed for his car. He knew what the announcement meant. The Soviets were closing the border between the two halves of the city. When Robert got to the station, he grabbed a portable tape recorder. He also got an updated report. There were Soviet sentries stationed every six feet along the entire border. Robert got back in his car and headed for East Berlin. He needed to see and record the situation himself. With his Western diplomatic passport, he was still able to cross into the Soviet sector. On one of his trips across the border in those early hours, he went to the central train station called Friedrichstrasse. East German civilians were milling about the station, some carrying all of their possessions. The crowd of refugees was a familiar sight, but the line of police blocking all of the train platforms was not. Robert saw one old woman approach the line of uniformed officers and asked when the next train to West Berlin would depart. The officer's answer shocked Robert to his core. The policeman said, 
None of that anymore, Grandma. You're all sat in a mousetrap now. At 1 a.m., the construction began. Conrad Schumann was on the front line. He stood guard along the border and watched soldiers unravel huge coils of barbed wire. They strung out the wire between huge crosses of wood, blocking the streets. A few blocks over, a team moved a huge pile of concrete bricks and started building a wall between sections of the wire. Conrad must have realized the barbed wire was just the beginning. There was going to be a huge concrete barrier. He saw curious civilians watching from the prosperous western side of the street. He knew that this wall wasn't being built to keep them out, but to keep his own people in. By 6 a.m., an unbroken line of wire and concrete divided Berlin in half. Conrad likely realized that this new separation between East and West Berlin was going to be permanent. So as he stood at his guard post on the eastern side that morning, thoughts of an escape began to form in his mind. Coming up, the consequences of dividing a modern metropolis. Hi, listeners. There's a new Spotify original from ParCast you do not want to miss. It's called Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, and it uncovers the most damning details surrounding history's most high-profile leaders. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency. From torrid love affairs and contemptible corruption to shocking cover-ups and even murder, she'll expose the personal and professional controversies you may never knew existed. You'll hear some wildly true stories about presidents such as Richard Nixon, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, JFK, and more. Very Presidential highlights the exploits you never learned in history class, but probably should have. Family drama, personal vices, dirty secrets. These presidents may have run, but they most certainly can't hide. Follow the fantastic new series, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. In the middle of the night on August 13, 1961, Soviet state police and army soldiers erected a barricade between East and West Berlin. When the East German citizens awoke the next morning, they found themselves trapped behind a growing wall of concrete and barbed wire. The day would come to be known as Barbed Wire Sunday, and the construction would grow into the infamous Berlin Wall. Radio station director Robert Lochner returned to the west side in the morning and sent out the first reports of the new Berlin Wall. After the barbed wire went up, there were only 13 crossover checkpoints between the two halves of the city. 
Each one was heavily guarded by Soviet police, and the guards had orders to shoot anyone trying to leave East Germany without authorization. The police even had orders to periodically check the sewer lines that ran under the wall for anyone trying to escape. All 193 streets that bisected the border were closed, and a dozen public transit train lines were blocked off. Robert's radio station had the most powerful transmitter in Berlin, and anything he reported on the radio could be picked up by civilians on the Soviet side. He made it his personal mission to continue reporting accurate information for East Germans now trapped by the barrier. Allied television and radio broadcasts from West Berlin were quickly outlawed in the Soviet sector, but that didn't stop many East Berliners from listening. Knowing that freedom was close enough to hear inspired many to try and escape. Two days after the construction began, Konrad Schumann jumped over a section of the wire near his guard post. His escape was captured on camera, and the image of him jumping over the wire became one of the most famous pictures of the era. But it wasn't the only famous picture from the barbed wire border. As the wall construction continued, East Berliners jumped from windows along the Bernauer Strasse. On the other side of the barbed wire, West Berlin firefighters held open nets to catch them as they fell. The escape attempts continued for weeks. One woman, 77-year-old Frida Schulze, was photographed in a tug-of-war between East German police and West German citizens. The former were pulling her back in the window, while the latter held her from the street below. Luckily, the struggle finally ended with her in the arms of the West Berliners. Once they made it to West Berlin, the Soviet citizens were free. However, family members left behind were often interrogated and monitored by the East German secret police called the Stasi. This included Konrad Schumann's parents, who continued to write him letters from East Germany. But the letters were dictated by the Stasi, who encouraged Schumann to return to the Soviet territory, where he would be arrested. But he avoided returning to East Germany until after the wall came down in 1989. In the ensuing three and a half decades after Barbed Wire Sunday, hundreds of people were killed trying to cross the Berlin border. The wall became a physical manifestation of the Cold War between the West and the Soviet Union. Barbed wire and concrete were the physical Iron Curtain. But the wall didn't last forever. After increasing political pressure throughout the 1980s, including mass protests, the Soviets agreed to reform the policies for border crossings in Berlin. However, the official tasked with making the announcement botched the language. He made it sound like the Berlin border was completely open and travel was no longer restricted. Thousands of East Berliners immediately made their way to the wall and soon crossed into West Berlin. The confused border guards eventually opened all 13 checkpoints to allow free travel. And a few days later, the Berlin Wall came down entirely.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more tyrannical government behaviors, check out our ParCast original, Dictators. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Andrew Messer, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. It's the most powerful position in American politics, and arguably the world. But behind the oath to preserve, protect, and defend lie dark secrets posed to leave some legacies in disgrace. Don't forget to check out the new Spotify original from Parcast, Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers. Every Tuesday through the 2020 election, host Ashley Flowers shines a light on the darker side of the American presidency, exposing wildly true stories about history's most high-profile leaders. To hear more, follow Very Presidential with Ashley Flowers, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.